Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of In the Spirit of Horse. My name is Mosey Truitt. And this week, I talked to one of my very, very best friends, Lily Misher, who is a musician and overall creative badass, uh, about cycles and creative cycles and life cycles and what it is to make more room for cycles in our lives. So yeah, I'm really happy we did this episode. It was kind of different, but um, I've really been thinking about cycles recently and you know how we can incorporate them more into our lives or how we can embrace them more as they naturally arise in our lives. And I'm really excited to share it with you guys. Lily is seriously amazing. I, I don't know what to even say about Lily. Lily is probably one of the people creatively that I admire the most in the world. I think she's just, I don't know, so liberated and also always, always discovering new things about herself and her creative process. And it inspires me so much. A few things before we start. I just want to say thank you so much, you guys, for joining us back and listening to this podcast. And um, yeah, just being here. I'm so, so grateful that you guys are here. And I'm really excited to be sharing this fourth season with you guys. So if you do like the show and uh, you're excited that it's back for a fourth season, every person who shares or rates on iTunes, like leaves a review on iTunes um, or puts on their Instagram story, it's first of all, just so awesome for me to see. Like it lights up my whole day to see you guys sharing about the show and to hear your feedback. Um, and also it really helps us get out there so more people can listen to the show. So thank you everyone who's already done that. It's just so amazing. And I really do love, especially when you guys tag me or comment on things. Um, um, I really love seeing that because I get to hear your actual feedback and kind of get into conversation with you guys about it. So that's always really awesome and really appreciated. And yeah, I love our community and I'm really excited to share this week's episode with you guys. So let's jump on in. sweatshirt <laughs> what sweatshirt uh the big baggy um you gave it to claire it's like a sea foam green oh yeah yeah that <laughs> really felt good on me ouch and i just put burn myself on the heater oops okay so i'm gonna get my notes up just really quick of what we we're talking about okay. um and we can really just jump in because i do the thing where i introduce it in the beginning so even if it's kind of like jumping in mid-conversation it kind of works yeah Okay. Um, we'll just talk and something will emerge. Yeah. So really though, why like I wanted to talk to you about it, like you and I had talked about cycles with creativity and of course your bullet journal. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I was thinking about this the other day when I was, I was thinking about this um, with Instagram in general the past um, few months about how there's the cycle um, of where it doesn't really allow for a cycle. Like I feel like a lot of the social media and how we're expected to work these days doesn't really make time for the other creative processes besides just produce. Like if you look up what Instagram you're, you know, like if you're supposed to be like a master Instagrammer or whatever, um, you're supposed to post every single day and like, basically keep the content like nonstop so that the algorithm doesn't change. So you don't get lost in the feed. And I don't know. I was just thinking about how I think that that kind of like reflects, first of all, how we like, how we might view creativity and, um, you know, not allowing for times of rest or, um, cultivation or even stagnation, you know, all the different things or inspiration. Like there's so many phases that if you're in constant producing, I don't think it really makes any time for. 
but mm-hmm. it also made me think about like the cycles that we tend to not, um, I don't know, make a room for in other areas of our life, such as like negative emotions, quote unquote, you know, whatever we think that is, um, mm-hmm. not really like making space for that to be a good thing as well. And instead being like trying to cheer up as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. which I think I also felt this past year, the kind of pressure from people to be all right. And if I'm not in a really happy place and all right, then like there's something to be fixed. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of just what I wanted to, Yeah, that's what made me think about it. And then everything, you know, we've talked about, yeah. I felt like it'd be cool to share. Yeah. Well, um, for starters, because you've addressed a lot of things in there, yeah. beautifully, <laughs> by the way. Um, when it comes to Instagram, when it comes to being in a day and age of um, constant production, uh, sort of a constant drive for the gaze and the approval of the outside world, um, it it's part of a relationship is to share, and that is a very valid part. Um, of who we are and we do need that kind of energy when it comes to our creative work but to primarily focus on sharing and producing uh, prevents us from really experiencing the intimacy of um, our own relationship to our creative work because if we're constantly sharing um, you're, you're not really giving yourself the time to reconnect with what you're making, why you're making it, why it feels good. You're, it, it sort of takes you out of the heart when that's out of balance. I think there should be a balance between sharing, um, putting it out, uh, exerting it forward, that sort of ambitious energy, and then the energy that brings it inward. And that's about sort of um, nurturing and incubating and rehabilitating reviving those things that make it worth it to us we need we need to have that connection to our own uh personal source in order for that energy to grow if we're constantly just throwing it out there we're not really receiving what we need back from our own hearts in order to continue creating material you know yeah i mean that's kind of how i was feeling like personally this winter with instagram also like deciding to take control of your own creative process in a way or or not control but deciding to take it back I think you and I have talked about that like Mm -hmm. like consciously choosing that I don't want to follow the algorithm of like what is the best way to be producing content not just for Instagram but you know you kind of see it as like a business when you're like creating content or um, different projects you're working on consciously choosing to not buy into the idea that you have to be in constant production mode yeah, um, and that you're going to have more cycles is something that like, I think you and I have both really looked at from our own um, angles. And I really felt like having to do that again, this like winter. Yeah. Um, well, if you're, if you're in constant, uh, if you're in constant production mode, you're, you know, you're, you're, kind of cut off from all the other really important parts of having a creative process. You're kind of cut off, cut, cut off from, you, you don't really have the space you need to go through that failure. You don't have the space you need to go through the frustration. Um, you don't have space to feel like that kind of gush of just exciting orgasmic energy of like a new idea or like that, yeah. that, connection to it um you don't really have the space to have a full relationship and like really fall in love um and deal with all of the emotions that come up when you fall in love uh when you're just focused on that one uh just that one tiny but important but still tiny (laughs) section yeah of the creative process you know there's so much more life and death and mess in the creative process to just yourself to constantly be reproducing all the time is just incredibly draining um and not that this is the point but I also feel like that inherently comes out in the product in some level you know yeah um, 
and that's something that I think can really be applied to, I mean, creativity on our level. Like right now we're talking about Instagram, we're talking about our, our own creative project, but if you're taking, cre you can take creativity and you can apply that to just about any area of our lives. Um, and a lot of what, like studying your own cyclical, uh, cyclical nature is, is sort of recognizing all of the different aspects of each of our lives. We have our habitat, like our home life. We have our work life. We have our creative life. We have our families. We have our sexuality. We have our spiritual life and our body and our friends and our partners, you know, our relationship life. Like we have all of these different aspects and creativity flows into all of those areas, you know, and, um, I think it's really important to be able to understand that like not all of those aspects of our lives are constantly going to be on top of the world. Not everything is going to always be in balance. And, and part of maintaining that balance is recognizing the imbalance. Um, yeah, I love that. Like not that it, the perfectionism of like everything being balanced. Yeah, like, it's, not, yeah. it's not really a thing. Like, I think that in, imbalance or having room for the mess, really, mm -hmm. is just, like, really, really important. I think it's interesting that we, like, tend to really judge ourselves when our worlds or our emotional worlds or even our physical worlds kind of go beyond a realm of linear <laughs> comprehension. Like the second things just become irrational or strange or like, Oh man, like I had, I, I had this amazing week where I was feeling so connected to myself and now I just have no idea what's going on. Like what, have, what have I lost? Like, it's like, mm -hmm. has really gone wrong here or you did something to do it wrong. You didn't eat this thing or you did it answer that email or you know like in some way you just you failed you know yeah. whereas if you're if you're looking at your life cyclically and you're look thinking about things on a spectrum where they they are born and they grow and they flourish and they die and they change and they you know and like there's like all of this stuff going on cycles between cycles between cycles of every little thing in our lives like it's a much more forgiving way to experience everything. Like I'm not constantly able to be producing shit all the time. I'm not constantly on top of things. And that also doesn't mean that I only have, I'm up, I'm up on the horse or I'm off of the horse, you know, <laughs> horses. <laughs> like, it's like, there, there are so many things going on in between that too. And just being able to like, have space for whatever's being thrown your way, you know, and trust that wherever you've been is going to come back around to you at some other point. Um, I think it's just, it's a more forgiving, it's a more forgiving way of approaching your creativity and approaching your life. Yeah, yeah I would really agree. I definitely think it's much more centered in compassion. Yes. And way out of perfectionism in a way, because I don't know, like when I think about the idea that we constantly have to be producing. And I think that a lot of people feel that way or that they constantly have to be happy or like have everything put together. Um, it's not, first of all, it's like not possible. Mm -mm. But so then when you don't live up to that, which no one's going to be able to live up to that, then there's all this self judgment. And I don't know, just go back, like, I think Instagram is such this small little place that you can see it, but it's like a good metaphor in some ways totally. that if you, you know, can't keep up with posting every day and showing up there every day, um, I think if you're not con consciously making the choice that that's okay, you can start to feel more like you're failing at it versus if you flip it around and you see it as part of the cycle it's not about failing or winning. Um, it's just more taking yourself into account. And I think it also, I don't know, I hear us talking about this and it really feels like making room for the feminine. Cause I think of like both are, you know, masculine and feminine, both are great. Masculine. I think of much more linear, a lot more like producing and then feminine. I see that in the creative cycle of like the inspiration that comes to you and the cultivation and the incubation and 
cycles. And I think both are important, Yeah, but it kind of reflects how we don't have space for that. I think, um, I think we're making a lot more room and I love that it's becoming, I think more and more mainstream to embrace the feminine, but yeah. yeah. The feminine is where, where things are, where ideas and where our where our hearts are kind of thriving and where we are born and like have we have the inspiration right and then our masculine energy is what allows us to to bring that into the world you know and i think you really need to strive to have a balance for both of those parts of our mind and and i i struggle with this sometimes too like just in in coming back to our feminine and re-embracing this part of our lives, it's really hard to not like flow into the opposite direction and just feel like really um, uh, sort of cut off from the masculine parts as well. Um, and again, like there is no such thing as perfection in this. Like there, it's just a matter of, of connecting to like whatever your source is. Um, but I really do think it's about both and, and really relying on one over the other at any point. It, it just sort of makes it hard to be human, you know? Yeah. 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 It's funny. I even notice myself right now, like I think talking to you because we're obviously so Mm -hmm. close. I Mm -hmm. feel this comfortableness of like, I can hear it in my voice that I'm not as peppy or something as I, I think I normally am on the podcast. And I've been thinking about this with the podcast and with horses and, um, with business stuff in general, the pressure to, yeah, just be doing really well and kind of to be doing like, I don't know, just like love and light. Not that that's, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's well, great, but like to be in that. Yeah, I really, and this is something like I, if I were not able to, like I've sort of been, it almost feels like forced. Actually, you know what? I don't want to say forced. I've just sort of been pulled into doing a lot of like darker um, sort of shadow work on myself because if I were feeling the pressure of the world to be clinging to, um, to be able to stay so in tune and connected with love and light all the time, I would be, I think a really deeply unhappy person. Yeah. Um, because there's so much that I clearly am have to explore in myself that I wouldn't feel like I was allowed to. Or yeah. I feel like I have room for, and I really try to show people like as much as I can. Or I mean, I try to show myself on a daily basis that having, being able to be open to love and light is an incredibly courageous thing, and I think it's equally courageous to also have space for our shadows, um, yes, for our mess, for our rage and our ugliness and our fear and um it's it's our wild you know like yeah and uh it feels so much more whole to operate from a place that where you you know what it does It, it feels like having having space for that um shadow is it gives access to a whole other type of love and light where you can find the light in the dark also. And it, it doesn't feel so much like there's this whole other side of existing that's looming and we're in denial if we are. It feels like this, there's this whole other part of me that's just going to eat me and ruin my life and rip me away from everybody that I love, you know, or... Or I'm just going to sort of self-sabotage into some, like, crazy, you know. Like, the, the more that you have space for this part of yourself, the less scary she is and the more interesting you feel because you have an intimate relationship with the part of yourself that 
is has for so long been deemed unworthy or not attractive by the world. Not attractive. Uh, and, that's an interesting. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I mean, that's what I've always heard. You know, growing up, like oh, that's like you know, yeah. you should smile. It's not attractive to not smile, or like oh, you're always so dramatic, or you're so loud, or whatever it is, or you're so intense. That's my favorite one. Is you're so intense. Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm intense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking, like, I don't know, and talking to you and like, you know, not necessarily feeling bright and shiny right now and mm-hmm. um, actually feels more like loving, you know, like, it feels more real. It feels more real. And I think it feels authentic. And to like have a safe relationship like I have with you where I know that I don't ever have to put on a face and that there can still be tons of love and light in yep. feeling what we consider like in the culture, maybe more negative emotions is I think one of the most true loves, you know, like the truest form of love for yourself and for others and, and safety and, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think that true. the pressure we have sometimes to come off in a certain way or that and what was that thing with spiritual bypassing again where like well, you go to love and light but you don't you don't uh, yeah, you don't shadow or shadow. yeah. Well, and I think it's it's like there's there's also kind of another stigma because when people are doing their there's also like yeah i mean there's on both ends you need to have them coexist right yeah. you just need to be able to understand and like i'll spend my whole life trying to understand this like but trying to be able to understand that these two parts of ourselves represent all these million other little parts of ourselves that are all important and they coexist Everything is existing all at once, you know, like there are no, like it's, I, I personally right now in my life, I, I'm not going to speak for my future self, but right now I really believe that we have, we are good and we are also bad, right? And we have all of this, this whole spectrum in between those two things, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm saying good and bad. Cause I know that's kind of where you go. I, I always think of like light and dark or evil or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, <laughs> wow. Really something. And, uh, but if we all have this, if we all have all of these things, we are all capable of absolutely anything, you know, we can have space for, we can have space for that humanity, then I think you're doing a, a service to yourself because when you are connected to your light and when you are feeling love and you're going through a, a, like a, a moment of having a more angelic experience, then you're, then it feels really, really pure because you know you're not stomping down and suppressing another part of yourself in order to be there. It becomes less about a performance, less about needing to feel like you have to be a light loving person in order to get good things in order to receive love from others in order to be enough and more just that you are connected to a loving light source within you that is shining on the outside now you're not it's not about uh, performing to others it's about it's about being there for yourself and being yourself you know you know yeah Oh, yeah. really feel like I'm sounding super corny right now. No, you're not. <laughs> I, it's just kind of like one of those topics that, yeah, you know, I, I think that it's funny. I'm just now kind of, I, I've, I've thought about this a lot, but I think I'm putting a word to it that especially this past few months, um, I feel like I've been more drawn to share things about fear and about um, these emotions that maybe are not just happy, shiny, but, but overall, like, you know, I feel very content and very happy, but I've been feeling these emotions too. And I've been feeling more drawn to talk about them. And it's funny, the feeling of 
somehow disappointing people with that, like from different responses I get and not in like, no one has like bad intentions, you know, (laughs) in that, but just this feeling of like trying to fix it that can ultimately feel like there's no room for it. And I would imagine a fair amount of people feel that way. And I don't know, I can imagine people feeling that way as well in something that's creative and artful, like, like horsemanship and feeling like they have to share and have one type of feeling in order to be doing it the quote unquote right way. Um, and almost like they're disappointing other people if they're not doing that. Yeah. I mean, it can be really hard. I think, I think the more, and this is the fear of like when, at least for me, like my fear when I have intense feelings come up or when I want to do some, when I want to really acknowledge some fear and stuff, I worry about, about being too intense and pushing people away and I think what's really important is to trust your own process and know that like sometimes when when you're being really honest with yourself and you're being really honest and vulnerable with another person like other people we all are trying to be free of this and so other people sometimes they don't know how to react like they don't know what that and 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 sometimes it does feel like we are sabotaging our relationships or feeling cut off from others. And I think a lot of that is just because being vulnerable and being honest means growing and it gives us, it gives us growing pains. It makes us think, it makes us reflect, it makes us question. And a lot of people don't really have room for those kinds of things in their, in their busy lives and, and it can be really disheartening when they aren't able to receive our vulnerability in the way we might need them to. But it isn't a reason to not do your own shadow work, you know? It, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I, also the thing when you share it out on the internet, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, totally. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with that, but, like, I, I can imagine yeah, like putting something out there because you want to talk to anyone who's in that kind of scenario or like feels that too and wanting to make it feel like, you know, it's okay to have these kind of emotions. Mm-hmm. But then also feeling the, yeah, just the the lack of room for it in some, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be complaining about it because I ultimately feel like a really warm, amazing response. But I think that, um and I, I don't know, I would imagine it's something that, especially people who have, like me, who have mm-hmm. been probably people pleasers in their lives and also come off maybe like pretty stable most of the time. I don't know if I come off that way, but, but I think mm-hmm. that I have to certain people. And then when I'm not that way, it like can be ulti- like shocking to people or like make it seem like something's very wrong. Yeah. And that's, (laughs) it's such a thing. thing. Like people aren't always going to have room and that's why you have to have room for yourself. Yeah. 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 And I do want to say just about horses. Cause I, cause I do ultimately wanted to talk about this on the podcast too, because I think that there have been times in my relationship with horses and trying to figure out new things where um, this really came into play. Like, for instance, when I was first questioning everything and, you know, trying to find Liberty Horsemanship and I had um, a really good friend of mine who kind of treated me like I was going through um, a really dark period. in my horsemanship. Like I was crying in the pasture and I was, you know, things aren't, weren't really working out, but I look back on that period as being such like an important moment of growth. And Mm -hmm. it was, yeah, like even at the time, you know, it was hard, but also I knew I was learning a lot and I could see the value and it didn't feel quote unquote negative, even though I was like crying and, you know, I'm confused. 
But I think that pressure feeling of like, you're just going down a bad hole right now, or like this negative view of those emotions and of what I was going through, um, might've thrown me off more than actually going through that, you know? It's a, it's how we talk to ourselves in those moments and how other people talk to us that really the, the words have the power, you know, like if you're, if you're crying out in the field, you know, the crying is not an issue. Like, yeah, crying <laughs> me is just like, so it's bliss. <laughs> like it's, it's usually unless, unless there's like a specific moment of pain, like the, the moment that I might be crying about the situation, like, there's pain in that. The crying's not the problem. Like yeah. the, the feeling sad is not a problem, you know? It's but the way you talk to it can mean everything. The way you handle that can mean everything. The way you treat yourself and the way other people treat you. Um I what you're I mean, what you're telling me right now, I don't know if this is like completely steering it off the the trail that we're on or the track that we're on, but it kind of reminds me of that article about schizophrenia um and how uh how people who are who are developing schizophrenia the relationship that they grow with those voices in their minds is entirely dependent on their outside influence so if if they're being rehabilitated and their doctors are telling them these voices you know like it's like a problem oh you have the schizophrenia this is a problem like the voices become harder and they become meaner and more cruel and you start to think that they're working against you because our system says you have a mental illness you're crazy you have a disease you know it makes it so much harder for those people um and this woman like completely transforms her relationship to the voices in her mind and starts to perceive them as angels and guides that help her you know when she she treats herself different and the outside world sees her differently if that friend that you had um just observed your emotions from from afar and observed that you were feeling upset and then attached a whole narrative to that and and assumed that that it was this, you know, that you needed an intervention and that there's like something awful going on. Like, of course, that's really rattling. That changes the your relationship to your own experience you were having, especially if it's somebody that you really care about or trust, you know. Yeah. But it really like comes back to like having a having having some objectivity so you can understand like you can understand what's going on and how to take care of yourself in it and recognize that it is just part of a cycle that you're going through and that it, you can honor it I mean it doesn't it doesn't have to be so crazy yeah I really like what you just said with that um yeah because I originally I was thinking like yeah it's all about like changing our own thoughts which I think you know as you grow older like you were saying, like now when other people bring up, um, you know, maybe have a different opinion or tr- like their thoughts and their words feels different than what I intuitively feel in myself. Maybe now, like I can think more critically about, you know, what is that a story they're telling themselves and is or is it true to me? Yeah. How I'm actually feeling. But I do also like that you brought up that the external factors are significant you know like not to just beat yourself up to be like oh no one's external opinion should matter when you know they do have an effect on us and if we hear that from people like sometimes we can start to doubt our own process or make it oh my you know into something and I don't know I just like that you said that too because I think you know once we recognize that we can maybe come back to ourselves but also, it's totally normal and okay that we're influenced by other people. Again, balance, you yeah. know. We, we, we need to be able to, like, have that relationship with ourselves and also receive help from other people and have relationships and connect with other people, you know. Yeah, we're wired for connection. And- there's, a balance, there's a balance between those things, and they are both important, you know. Yeah, and being able to maybe 
you know, you do hear what someone you love has to say and then still like, you know, that might affect you for a bit and then taking some time to come back to yourself and be like, but I don't actually agree with that. Yeah. And yeah. Totally. I think just having a mind and practicing that alone, just like practicing having that sort of open, open, but critical thinking mind is just invaluable, like in everything. Yeah. Like being able to listen to other people and hear and be open and to feel other people and still be able to filter out what bits are working for you and what bits don't feel good and, and what makes, you know, what helps you and what doesn't and, and still be able to kind of prioritize your own self. And that is, I think, a really, really special thing. Um, I really feel you on that. Even just, even just in reading, like the way a lot of us read, like yes. you don't want self-help books. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to just like take it all in, like it's God, and just believe all of it. And you know, you you read, you learn to think critically about things and ask questions and and be curious without being defensive and yeah. and open without being, you know, yeah, defensive. Like you can you don't have to like have a shield up all the time. You can just ask yourself questions about it. You know? Yeah. I so feel that. I, I know you and I have talked a lot about that with books and I think we've gone through our own processes kind of together with it. But I know me, like I used to really take everything I read and like all of these wellness things and like immediately take them as truths. Mm -hmm. And then that started messing me up a lot. And I think, um, yeah, being open to it, but being able to come back to intuition. And ultimately for me, I think it's important to trust myself above everything else. Even if there's Mm -hmm. something that like, even if there's someone I trust a lot, um, and I value their opinion a lot, I still think it's important to trust myself above any, anything, you know? And, and that might be listening to them and trusting that, like, that I feel what they're saying is true you know, or, but just like being honest with where my body and my own internal wisdom is at. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I felt so called to talk about this. Yeah. Cause I feel like it's something that I'm, I like what you said earlier before we got on the um, the Skype call too, about coming back to similar topics again and again, like in cycle yeah. form. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this is a topic that I have come back to over and over again, but um, with slightly new insight every time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I I I laugh every time that happens in my life. Like it's where where I really have an understanding of something um it kind of disappears from my view for a while to be a few years and then suddenly it comes back and i'm understanding it in a slightly deeper way i think i think that's just going to be like an ongoing process and living is just kind of like coming back to these themes that that make us who we are and like inspire us and kind of understand deeper ways and and never really ultimately getting to an actual like ultimatum or fundamental truth because it all is just sort of existing all at once anyway. And um, I think truth seeking, that's been like a huge theme in my life. And the less that I seek like any kind of definitive answer about anything, the happier I am. (laughs) Oh my God. That actually like, (laughs) <laughs> that is something I wrote about that I was afraid might have come off as negative not afraid but like thought it mm-hmm. might have um on Instagram a while ago but that I've been thinking about so much is the idea that um we aren't even when something feels true to us in our intuition and it's right for us in the moment doesn't make it ultimate truth right <laughs> and I was thinking about this with um it helps me be more compassionate to other people. And it also helps me be more compassionate to myself and how I'm going to change. Because like, just to give a, an example, um, when I found veganism 
for the first time, I really felt like that was like my, a truth, you know, like it resonated with me so much. Um, but then, you know, like a few years later, like now I have this feeling of, I, you know, I really, I am pretty much vegan still, but I have this like a different thought of it, of it's not like veganism is truth and much more of like compassion of we're trying our best and we can't be wholly perfect on something. And I don't want to make veganism like a standard to be like purely vegan, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I explained that well, there's so many different examples of this, like even with horse training, like, you know, I thought Liberty horsemanship was really it and was my truth. And then I came to discover something else. And at first I was resistant to want to, I don't know, let myself explore a new truth for myself of way of being with horses. Um, but once I finally did, and it was kind of a struggle to let go of that, um, you know, I aligned and felt even better and my intuition got stronger and I allowed myself to, to go with what felt right in the moment versus what I thought was truth, you know, like a few years before. And I, I mean, we're constantly changing. It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Never going to be, I mean, I, yeah, we have like a kind of like, we do have consistency within who we are, right? but like we are constantly changing. Yeah. Something that is true for us is going to remain true all through eternity, you know? And I think it's a much more compassionate and like, I don't know, for me, a much more freeing way to look at things that even with intuition, like this can feel right for me right now. And this feels aligned. So I'm going to fully like with my whole heart, like dive into this or believe Mm -hmm. this or whatever. Um, but being able to know that that will change or that can change is first of all, much more exciting, I think, than finding like the one ultimate truth. And also it just, for me, takes away the judgment on myself and on other people so much because, when I thought that like I had found the truth in something, let's, let's say I found the truth of how to train horses and like, this is the one right way. All of a sudden I'm like isolating myself from, and also isolating them in my mind, everyone else who does something in a different way. That is like, yeah. Yeah. And it is a more linear thing where then I'm thinking, well, not that I'm saying I do think this way because I, I don't, but I think I've recognized before being like, well, they're just not as far along on my path or they haven't found the truth yet Yeah. versus now that seems so silly to me. Like just because they're not following what's intuitively right to me doesn't mean they're not following what's intuitively right for them. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they haven't found the right way. Like that's so silly to me now. The idea yeah. that like they just haven't found what I've found, you know, they could be totally in line with their intuition and their soul and where they're meant to be and it could be completely different than from where I am and who am and I to there's judge room for both. there's room for all of it yeah there's room for all of it and who am I to like say that mine is the right way just because it feels right to me you know what feels right to them feels right to them and yeah I just I don't know I think it's a much more realistic and forgiving and loving view uh, for ourselves and for others. Yeah. There's room for a million bajillion truths. Yeah. That's I, kind of like the fundamental thing what's wrong with this country right now. Not <laughs> even to bring up, I'm not going to get into politics, but just the, the, the feeling of there is an ultimate truth. And, and if it's not in that truth, then it's incorrect. But, yeah. um, yeah, there's there's room. There's room for everyone to have a different opinion and be okay. Yeah. There's room for everybody to have a different uh, path and, and we're okay. You know, things we're are fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you feel like you're you're shifting, like, that's also okay. We're shifting. Man, yeah. I had so much resistance to that. Um, you were there. You were, like, my partner with this. But, you know, when I was uh, rethinking training – not with when I first was doing it with traditional horsemanship, but when I was like seeing beyond just training in general, like with Liberty horsemanship and positive reinforcement, I still love all that. But, you know, 
I was kind of letting go of my identity just being in that. And the serious resistance I had to that was crazy. And then letting it go just like made room for so much more life. But that was like my identity. And I think, yeah, when we put our identity into these truths or these beliefs um, and we don't let that be flexible, it, it didn't benefit me. You know, it felt much better to like let myself grow. Yeah. And to, to like, I can, to link it back around to creativity too. Yeah. Um, to put our identity and to find an ultimate truth in our creative, in our creativity is like also very detrimental because mm-hmm. um, like creativity is, and truth are kind of beyond us in a way, like, but just to have, space for them like that's like the the river analogy in the book i love but like creativity being like yeah do you want to explain the analogy paint yeah. us a picture um, <laughs> i'll paint you a picture so like if creativity is a a river um and we're we're under the impression that like we are that river that it's named after us and that we are responsible for that river and that we it's our job to make sure that that river is always flowing you know what can i do to make sure my creativity is always available okay maybe if i meditate enough maybe if i um you know read this book like maybe i'll figure out a way to like rely on my creativity and like use it like a machine and provide for myself in some way, you know, Mm -hmm. um, maybe I can control this river, but really not our river. And it's a wild river. Um, and, and it's going to have its own season. It's going to go up and be gushing and then it's going to dry out. It'll be trickling. It'll be rapid. It'll be still it's like a constantly ever-changing river of creativity and it's not our job to control it what it it is our job though to carve out to dig out some ponds and some lakes and some basins and like anything we can so that when the river comes we have room for it and it and once we have the space for the creativity it's going to go up and down and up and down forever and as long as we feel in our guts and our hearts that we have space for it we're okay we're not freaking out when the creativity is not there you yeah. know like this has honestly saved my life like that that metaphor has honestly saved my life i was gonna quit everything you know i understand now that even when that river is dry that is part of my creative process that is like part of it growing again. That's part of birth is like that, that loss is part of it. You know, Um, just because I'm not, my fingers aren't physically on an instrument all the time. And I'm like not constantly singing all the time. I'm thinking in my head, I'm feeling things. I'm noticing light. I'm moving. I'm noticing my friends. I'm, I'm crying or I'm laughing or I'm feeling like really scared about my life or I'm feeling really excited about all the things I want to do or I'm feeling completely depressed or I'm feeling inspired and recharged and fiery and sexual, you know, like there's like a million things going on that are, are my art, you know? Yeah. Yes. As long as I have room to be like a fully human, like a fully human being, like a full human being, um, like I'm, I'm going to have that river and it's going to do whatever it wants. You know, it's going to, like, go. But I can always trust it's going to come back, you know. And, like, by the time it does, it becomes, you know, bigger than me. It becomes it becomes not about me at all, actually. It just becomes about catching that wave and making something that feels good, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love, love that. You know, like that. I love that. Honestly, kind of like a, like, 
<sighs> just like a huge sigh of relief. Oh, it's not my job to control nature? Oh, thank God. I'm going to relax now and maybe I'll be able to write a song in a week. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> or like, maybe. Oh, finally, like, oh, I'm not supposed to be God right now? Oh, great. Oh, I can just chill. Like, I can just be Lily. And, you know, if something comes out great in the meantime, I'm going to go, you know, for a walk. <laughs> yeah, I've carved up the space for it and yeah. I, I love that because I feel like that, I don't know, just it's everything we were talking about in the beginning of like making room for the cycle too, that yeah. having the dry river is not like a failure or like something unnatural is happening. Like that is a natural part of the creative process yeah. and it's like a rest and rebirth. And, yeah. um, and I don't know, it can also be, it's not like the creative process has stopped in my eyes. It's it's just like another aspect of it that maybe yeah. we don't value as much, but like is just as valuable. Ooh, World of Warcraft just updated. Um, <laughs> I, I fixed my computer screen finally, so I kind of want to play it again. But Did I have you? To, yeah, I, I got it fixed. Oh my God. Can we play World of Warcraft? I, I have to rebuy it and everything, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I would love to play with you. Talk about good creative uh, fulfillment. Yeah, World of Warcraft helps me recharge. I would love to do that, actually. I'm bedridden right now. Um, I will do that with you. Oh yeah, I was going to say something about rest. Rest? Yeah, rest. You know, um, doesn't even... I'm, I'm starting to think about rest. Like, Just because I'm not... Uh, making something or or in like that mode that doesn't even necessarily mean I'm resting or have to rest you know yeah uh, there's a lot of different kinds of rest maybe maybe I'm resting emotionally maybe I'm resting um from my maybe my thinking mind is resting a little bit but like it doesn't even need to mean like when you're not on you're off completely I I 100% agree with that because I think of like the creative cycle having rest it can be part of it but yeah. there's also like it, for me gaining inspiration would be a time where I'm not producing so it might seem to the world I'm off but I am so on you know totally. like gaining inspiration is like invigorating totally and it doesn't I, feel like actually, I really feel that a lot I think um we hear it all the time like this this sort of corny but awesome message that we get bombarded with sometimes about like it's it's not about the destination you know and it's like it's about the climb or it's the process the climb. Yeah, yeah I think I fully feel that now I think it took me yeah. a really long time but I I'm just really falling head over heels for this process um yeah of, of just like kind of you know, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, it, start, it started to mean less to me, like, where I end up. Like, I used to care so much about success. Um, yeah. And I used to care a lot about sharing what I'm working on, too. And, like, I, I kind of felt like my worth or, you know, like, I'm not a real artist if I'm not showing anything to people. Or, But I, I feel lately, like, so protective and so in love with this process. And I'm starting to see how you can even take that feeling further and feel like if you're perceiving life as this process, like as, just as this journey of kind of constantly becoming what you already are and like, and sort of like, and, and just, yeah, not being so focused on the future and not being so focused on what happens or where you end up or what it's all going to mean in the end. Like, that's been a huge thing for me is, like, what does it mean? Like, it has to mean something. Mm -hmm. Like, it has to go somewhere for all of this to be worth it. But, like, no, man. Like, it really is starting to feel different. Yeah. It, the process is starting to feel like everything to me. Um and then I think, again, again, balance, like, it, it is good to have the moment of exertion and, and the moment of sharing that. And I think if I were constantly in just the process of working on music and never actually um, uh, using it for something, like, it, it, it can make me start to feel stagnant or stuck. I, I'm just kind of talking more objectively about life in general. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of, like, the heart process is in the 
I mean, is in the process. A lot of our heart is in our intimacy is in the process of, of things. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of where the feminine lies. You know, it's sort of in, in the creation um, and not necessarily in uh, the product, I guess. Yeah. Um, kind of like, this is sort of the first time I'm saying these things too. I hope that makes sense. I love it. It makes sense to me. Sweet. <laughs> Thank you for doing this with me so last minute. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I have nothing else to do today. <laughs> it. I love talking to you about this. And I feel like watching also your creative process change throughout the years has been amazing and so inspiring to me. And yeah, I feel like I both of us. Same way about you. What? Uh-uh. Same way about your all of your work and all, everything you've been doing on yourself and in your life and your relationship and your relationship with the horses and, and your relationship to Instagram too, honestly. <laughs> a lot of like, it, is an, it is a relationship. It's, been, it's definitely a relationship and it's, a, it's an important one. It's not the most important one, but it's definitely like an interesting one. It's an interesting one. It gives me some reflection. Yeah, totally. Like I, I wonder like if I had, I wonder what my experience would be like if I had more of an Instagram presence the way you do. Um, I feel like I honestly don't think about it that much yeah, that you much don't. until <laughs> we start talking about it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, and Instagram. <laughs> and like I've had all these thoughts. But otherwise I don't feel like I think about it too, too much. Yeah. But it it's nice when it comes like out. Hmm? It doesn't seem like you do. Thank you. I feel like it is a good metaphor, though, for a lot of like these things. Or oh. like it helps me think about the questions. It really is just a very like bizarre aspect of humanity. Like even if you're not there, like that the fact that there are like apps where you can have, have things like continually post for you, so it seems like you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really bizarre, isn't it? I, like, and it's so great. Like like Instagram and the way we can share now is so so great. But mm-hmm. I think we do have to be like aware again not to be like so cliche of when like the technology starts running you but like to make your own conscious decision decisions on how you want to yeah like yeah I think I think the trick is probably just in in really deciding for yourself what the hell it means to you like yeah Instagram is just what it is you know it's like a business platform or like a platform you share work or something, then it, it feels a lot better to me. I mean, I guess I, I don't really, like, for me, it's more of a personal, I guess, like, I don't really know what it is for me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think when you start putting your identity in Instagram as opposed to your brand, it probably gets harder. Yeah. Like, I like to more of a focus on it as, like, okay, this is just work. This is, like, part of my work or, like, part of, like, um, you know, yeah, like, like maintain a brand or maintaining a business or something like it yeah. it might feel a little less like distracting like to me it just feels so distracting from my process <laughs> like yeah <laughs> I start to think about like I mean the second I say anything on Instagram about something I'm working on that thing I'm working on just vanishes <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what else to say like it just it, Instagram is sort of a void of all of my projects like <laughs> Like, where I just think, well, I'll start something and I'll be like, hey, guys, I'm making this thing. And poof, there it goes. <laughs> Later, someone will be like, hey, like one person will be like, hey, so what happened to that thing? And I'll just be like, what thing? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't have a handle on it before I threw it into the black hole of Instagram. <laughs> hey, I so, I so feel you on that. I now only announce <laughs> things after they're done. Except for that's this podcast. So okay, that's that is I really you know I would yeah, okay. I'm gonna take that. Yeah. In. Or I mean, the thing is I am doing it with this podcast. I'm announcing like that there's a new season before I've completed the season. It's a little different. At least I started. But I had to like I I didn't announce it though until like I had my first episode and everything like ready and set and I was committed because I so understand the interest instagram poof of like you have an idea and you're excited to share it so you put it on instagram and then as soon as you do that it's like gone or like i just hope, I just hope that it's not that like the second i throw something out there it doesn't feel like it's mine anymore so i have to neglect it because i i want 
be able to share my shit. And I want to yeah. be able to, to do something with it someday. And sharing is a great aspect, you know, of the creative process too. But I do yeah. think there is something about like not sharing while you still want it to be intimately yours. You know, like if I'm intimately doing something and I share it, there is something about like, I wasn't ready to like, like it's mine. It's my intimate thing right now. And once it's done, that's kind of like, I don't know. I find for me that that process is a little over. I'm already a little bit like I'm ready to like share it. And it feels less like my heart I'm holding in my hands or something or my inspiration I'm holding close that that should be close you know that's like a sacred part of the process I think is having these um these things that are fully yours and I actually really think about that with horse training too because there is this like I think feeling of like putting it all out there and sharing everything and I think for me I know that like working alone with horses and not sharing what I'm doing until I'm kind of like at this done place allows me to have the relationship with the horse that I am cultivating. And I'm going to do that from now on. Thank you. <laughs> I've heard my friends like talk about training at night when no one's around. And I so understand like the beauty of that. And also, you know, like I was so into going out to, with the horses at night for a really long time too, because there's something so special. And I think we don't have to also feel like we need to share our equestrian, like our horse relationships out with the world in order for it to be valid. And I think that is something I feel, um, other people, I felt myself, but I've also like seen it with other people. I can imagine the pressure of that's something everyone battles. Yeah. That you have to share. And you know, whether that's like creative creativity and like music, or if it's horsemanship or your relationship with your horse or relationship with people you know this idea of having to share it when maybe you're in a sacred place where you want to cultivate it and hold it really close to your heart yeah. i want to hold it close yeah it must be nice for those people that get to like have a professional person do their instagram stuff for them I know sometimes I really think about it because like it's such a tool and I love Instagram but like what if someone else just did it for me yeah what if someone else really knew you super well and could just like make you like like do your thing for you yeah, yeah. and then I can and just I- pop on to like in the comments and stuff <laughs> my brain's starting to go into a slightly loopy place yeah I know me too I'm happy we talked I'm starting to like <laughs> let it go and lighten up and it's great and yeah. this is actually perfect timing we can cut off here um i love you so much lily do you want to say something before we go about like if people like i don't know share your instagram or <laughs> your whatever you want um, to share <laughs> you also totally you don't have to follow, you can follow my identity on instagram <laughs> um it's just my name <laughs> what's your uh, name i almost forgot it's lily <laughs> My name is Lily with two L's, and my last name is Nisher. Um, and you can probably find me through Mosey's profile as well. Oh, yeah, and it'll be in the show notes and everything. Yeah. Oh, um, also, everyone, so you know, Lily's the one who wrote the theme song for this podcast. Um, the music you're about to hear as we fade out, that's Lily's music. Everyone always asks me about that, and I get so many questions about where they can <laughs> listen to it. But it's a, it, right now it's just... It's just especially on my you podcast. You can do it on Mosey's podcast. It's called <laughs> In the Spirit of Horse. In the Spirit of Horse. I called it In the Liberty of Horse. In the Horse. That was in my mind. The your logo popped into my head. It's like the Liberty Horsemanship logo with the L. Yeah. And in your body and stuff. Um, but yes, you can listen to it here pretty pretty dope nasty dope sick dope sick do you have music on spotify right now though um no i have a band camp band camp. Um, do you want to share that if people want to look you up yeah i have a band camp uh it's called lily misha band camp <laughs> if you just type in band camp and then my name it should pop up um an ep from a couple summers ago um and and also not just for the sake of saying it, but I am going to be releasing some stuff soon. So, 
but I'm not gonna tell you when or what. <laughs> so <I'm> done. <laughs> True that. Dope nasty. Love you guys. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Lily, and I love you, everyone listening. Bye. I will see you guys next week for a new Bye. episode. Bye. Bye.